Welcome to the Shofar Podcast with Hebrew Asher. This is episode 1 of season 1 of the Shofar Podcast with Hebrew Asher. Hope you enjoy. In this episode, we'll be talking about narcissism and the faith. We'll be looking at practical examples, and I hope that this is going to make a difference in your lives. For those who have not listened to the trailer, we will be talking about mental health issues, specifically those that affect how people walk in the faith. The specific one that we will be talking about today is narcissism. I don't want to focus on this topic from a mental health perspective, but I would like to approach this topic from a spiritual perspective, looking at how it affects people so that we can look at spiritual solutions to this matter. Before we go on, let's look at the definition according to the myoclinic.org of what narcissistic personality disorder means or it entails. Narcissistic personality disorder is one of several types of disorders, a mental condition in which people have one, an inflated sense of their own self-importance or own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a lack of empathy for others. But behind this mask of extreme confidence, they say, lies a fragile self-esteem that is vulnerable to the slightest self-criticism. This is a person who doesn't want to be criticized or they're very critical of themselves. A narcissistic personality disorder causes problems in many areas of life. They say relationships, work, school, or financial affairs. People with narcissistic personality disorder may be generally unhappy or disappointed when they're not given special favors or admiration they believe they deserve. But I do want us to focus on scripture because that's the whole point is and how do we look at it with regards to our faith. So I'm going to read a couple of passages. Let's talk about here a doctrine of self-worship. I think that's where I want to start with, with this first episode when we talk about narcissism because there is a part which they specifically mentioned and which was identified in people with a narcissistic personality disorder. That is a deep need for excessive attention and admiration. You want to be admired. So everything is channeled towards you. Now others might admire you. They must praise you. You know, you, you're looking for self-praise. And scripturally, what do we say? How, how do we judge that? So there's a, there's a couple of passages. I want to start with the first passage which is in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Now I'll start a little bit at the top and then I'll jump to halfway. It says here, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. But uh, some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up, because they had no deepness of earth. Verse 6, When the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Let's hear the explanation of this parable. It says here, Verse number 18, this is the explanation of this parable. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. Then the second one, deep sense of admiration. Remember that excessive need. Verse number 20, but he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and anon with joy 
receiveth it. They receive it with joy. Yet, verse 21, he hath not wrought in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. When now they start to be attacked because of the word, they cannot stand anymore. Now, this is one of the admiration aspects that we can look at to say, because of the word, it doesn't mean that you'll be admired. People will not necessarily speak good of you just because you're speaking of the word. Yes, there are people who will speak good for other reasons because they recognize the spirit of the Most High that may be in you. But there are those who will be cut by the word and they will attack you. And if you have narcissistic personality disorder, everything will be about you. It will focus on that deep need for admiration, the need to be spoken well of, you know, an exaggerated sense of self. Now, if we continue and we look at in the book of Luke chapter 6, I want to read uh, one verse, verse number 26. It says here, Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Why is he warning us against this? Because people don't like to generally speak well of those that are speaking the word to them. Because the word, there's a part of chastisement and correction. And it is not generally the case where you'll find people who will receive it with joy and they will receive it with gladness because then it cuts their heart. It exposes their sin and people do not want their deeds to be laid bare. Then they speak evil of you. They rather speak evil, evil of you because they cannot repent or are not willing to repent. But if you have a narcissistic personality disorder, chances are you're not going to receive this very well. Hence, he says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Because others, they will now dilute the message because they don't want to be spoken evil of. And this is the issue with narcissism. Specifically what we're talking about here, the doctrine of self-worship. Because everything is about you. You come to the Most High, you come into the faith. You say you receive the faith. And you receive the word. However, you're not receiving it for the most high. To save him and to submit uh, yourself to him or to subject yourself to him. You are doing this for yourself. Looking at what you can benefit. We're still talking about the need for admiration. The need to be spoken well of. Let's start here and understand that there is a problem when you've got a need to be admired. You've got a need to be well spoken of. When you've got a need for people to say good things about you. It's not going to be the case always that that will happen. You're not going to get people who are going to praise you because of the word of the most High. Now, we're still sticking to this point and we'll expand a little bit of it when we start to look at some of the symptoms. You know, there's a, there's a couple of things that come up, but let's go to the book of Second Peter chapter 2. First verse there says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as they shall be false teachers among you. Now, remember, so did their fathers unto the false prophets. Now they spoke well of the false prophets. And that's what may happen to other people. They'll say good things because they want to be accepted. You want to create friendship where you need to be warning people against the wrath of the Most High. There's a movement now about positive affirmation. And sometimes we're affirming things we should not be affirming. I, I, I don't know what the, what the implication that, of that is going to be. On, on, other, on, on children that are growing up, when we start to affirm things we need to be correcting. Today, we're calling out people who are trying to raise better generations. You know, we, we're doing exactly according to the book of Isaiah 5. We call evil good and good evil. We're twisting the word of the Most High so that it will fit the narrative of today. We want to make the me message acceptable to people so that we can be acceptable. And everyone, while they're walking in that comfortable route, because they're nursing their deep need for admiration, they are bringing also damnable heresies unto others. They even, as it says, deny the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction.
It says in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse number 11, For both prophet and priest are profane, yea, in my house have I found their wickedness. Say, yes, the Most High. Why does the Most High find wickedness and profanity in his house? It is because people are no longer telling the truth. Let's go back to where this all started when we're talking about narcissistic personality disorder. We're talking about a deep excessive need for attention and admiration. Yes, you can receive it. But what if you receive it based on you deceiving others and based on you preparing your soul for swift destruction and you can't walk aright? I mean, now we're assuming that everyone is a teacher. What about those that are not teachers in the sense of the way that they were called? They're not apostles. They're not prophets. What about in normal daily lives? How does that look like? We also talk about building one another. We also talk about building our children. We, we, we build our brothers. We build our sisters. We're building a better community. Building also means that you need to look outward. You can't build just by looking inwardly and focusing on yourself. Let's talk about why we need to address this. A need for admiration and attention is not spiritual. So we need to start correcting certain behaviors within ourselves. And we need the word to do with it. Because it affects eventually how we walk. We need to walk in the light. You cannot walk with the light while you are affected by narcissism. Let me go to a couple of symptoms of narcissism. We did speak about an exaggerated sen uh, sense of uh, importance or exaggerated sense of self. The second part is entitlement. Where we talk about the requirement for admiration also goes with entitlement. You feel entitled to something. Entitlement is quite a difficult one because entitlement is very difficult to identify without someone being open and honest with their heart. People want things to come to them. Generally, we do want good things to come upon us. Well, the reason why we sacrifice our lives is because we want the Most High to reward us with the kingdom of heaven. Entitlement can also be concealed in that. In where we use the words that say we want to inherit the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of the Most High, or we want to inherit eternal life, but we only want to inherit that for ourselves. I'll use an example when I was growing up in the Christian church where I remember very well that I had dreams about this life. It bothered me at that stage and I didn't know why, but I know that I didn't want to die. And I had dreams about things I needed to achieve, the career that I needed to have, and the things I wanted to possess. As much as Everyone told me about heaven and I thought I wanted to go to heaven, but I didn't understand what that heaven was. I expected that I should receive the things that I wanted first. There was a part of me, as young as I was, I think this is 12, 13, there was a part of me that always asked myself, when will I be ready to die? So as much as I wanted the kingdom of heaven, and I would go to church on days when I would go to Sunday church services, but it was not actually to serve. I know that. It was the quid pro quo focused on, I must get or receive what I want now. So even in the faith, other people are, you know, they come into the faith because they expect things that they're going to receive according to the faith. And hence others, when things don't go their way, then they look at their life and say, I laid down my life for the faith, but look at what I'm receiving. Because they feel entitled to good things. And when they don't come, then that's when you start to see this narcissism come out. When people turn against the Most High and say, but how can I serve the Most High when things are like this? And you look at the scriptures and say, but hello, we've been reading the scriptures. You've been quoting the scriptures. Maybe you quoted it to your brothers, you quoted it to your sisters. Uh, what's going on now? Why are you saying, how can I serve when things like this start to happen? 
You knew they were going to happen. But entitlement hides itself. Let me give another example. You see uh, in the book of James chapter 2 when it speaks about your brother being hungry and your brother needing clothes and uh, the destitute of food. You can say, I'm the one, I'm that brother who's destitute of food. I'm the brother who's destitute of clothes and I'm leaking. And you may find brothers that have the ability to support you and help you. And because of that, you know, uh, our Hebrew communities become a place of distribution and communication, but it's only towards the outer things or the material things. And people don't focus on the distribution of the word and the communicating of the word and the distribution of spiritual gifts according to the spirit. And when those things start to run out, whether your brother fails to be able to provide, maybe he himself falls into the same poverty or whatever the case may be, the tough situations start to arise. And then people start to turn away and they say, but yeah, there's no one who's doing this and no one who's doing that. Why? Because they were entitled. So they came into the faith with a sense of entitlement. Hence I say this is hidden because the relationships become about you. It's something that needs to focus on your part. So if you're getting your needs serviced and you're getting your needs met, then you're happy because then it's about you. It's a sense of self. Let's move along to the next symptom. We expect recognition for superiority. So if we find new knowledge, you find new knowledge, you come across a scripture which you haven't heard any elder speak about, you haven't heard any brother speak about, and this is a new revelation and you come and you say, Oh, wow, you know, I, come, I came across this and you put it down and, and now you're saying, and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. And, um, you know, while you're saying this scripture, there's one, two, three, and four, you know, I, I fully agree. And then what happens is they don't recognize you for superiority, but they thank the Most High for the words that you've spoken. Now you start to compete with the Most High. You're in the place of saying, I came up with the scripture, I thought of this scripture, but again, hello, whose Bible is it? Do you think you wrote the scripture? No. And whether others may have read it or they have not read it, it doesn't make it your scripture. But then you look at it and say, well, I came up with it or I thought of it. And, uh, you know, I came up with this wisdom. Where is my recognition? Why am I not being praised? Why is not someone putting me there? But think about it. How did you come to the faith? Did you come up with everything? No. And the people who preached to you, were they sitting there and say, well, go and put us on your Facebook and your Instagram statuses, tell them how good we are and, and so forth? No, they didn't. Their reward is in the kingdom if they do good to you. Now, your reward, if you, you do the same, is also in the kingdom because you do this as a part of exhortation and as a part of admonishing. You're not doing it so that you can impress other people. You're not doing it so that you can be praised. Once you receive your praises here, there's no need for praises in the kingdom of the Most High. But yes, we do have people who want their praises here and that's why they want to be recognized. Others exaggerate achievements and talents and abilities. This I can speak many days on, but I, I want to jump to the next one very quickly. But let me talk about exaggeration of achievements, talents and abilities. There are people who focus only on the good things that they do to others. And if you ever point out something that they've been done right, that criticism hits them because they want to spend the whole day saying, oh yeah, I cooked. So because they cook, you must be very glad because you ate their food. The fact that they didn't make the bed, the fact that they didn't clean, the fact that they didn't water the garden, they didn't wash the roof, they didn't clean the garage, they didn't take out the rubbish, they didn't bath the children, you must keep quiet. You know, so it's about focusing only on one side of the story and let's forget about everything else. 
it's very difficult for such people to also criticize themselves because they don't they know if they don't expect you to criticize them and yet they do continue in their works chances are is they're also not criticizing themselves because if they were criticizing themselves before you have to criticize them they would have said there is something that i'm not doing right there is a place for improvement but you don't want to criticize yourself you don't want others to criticize you let's talk about the next part which i touched on earlier when I spoke about power, success, achievements, etc. When I was in the Christian church, that's exactly what I suffered from. Preoccupation with ideas that were unfruitful. Your mind becomes preoccupied. Preoccupation with ideas about how you're going to make it in life. What that takes away from is preoccupation about things that are spiritual. Meditations about the law, about what you need to do for the most high. Meditations about how you need to suppress your feelings, you need to suppress your thoughts and let the thoughts of the Most High preoccupy you. Focusing on where you do good to your neighbor. Focusing on where you do good to the Most High. How do you return to the Most High to show that you love Him? Now, these two preoccupations, they cannot coexist. One is going to be greater than the other. And in narcissists, the one that is going to be greater is going to be the preoccupation about themselves. Something else that narcissists you will see in them, they do like to belittle because they don't want someone else taking the spotlight. They cannot exist two bulls in one crowd. That's a, that's a narcissist personality because then what they have gets taken away, comes off in the scriptures as we talk about things like jealousy and envy. They, they are caused by narcissism in other people, this jealousy and envy, because someone wants their, wants their recognition. And if someone else gets the recognition, they lose nothing. But the fact that someone else gets the recognition is a problem for them. And you know why it affects relationships. There are other relationships, and I, I'm, I'm including marriages in here. But relationships, I'm not talking about marital relationships, but I'm talking about whether brotherhood, sisterhood, parent and child, and all forms of relationships that we may have, but including husband and wife. There are relationships that have improper power plays where it's competitive. It's one trying to outdo the other. And you find people who belittle other. So when someone makes a contribution, someone else must say that, no, but this contribution is not significant. And they don't want this contribution to be significant. Also, then they monopolize conversations because when someone expresses what they think, they don't want that because then someone else is going to get the attention because that's how they think. That's how they reason that it's being done for vain glory. So when they assume that something is being done for vain glory, then they're going to assume that when the next person does it, they're doing it for the same reason that they would do it, even if it's for exhortation. So they monopolize their conversations. I know people who come up with stories that don't even exist just so that they can monopolize a conversation. Uh, this is one of the most ri ridiculous. And I remember it, I think I was about, I don't know, maybe this is 11 years ago. We were at a funeral. Uh, you know, people were just talking. I can't even remember where the conversation came from. Uh, they were talking about how much the other person had tra uh, traffic fines off, and there was, it was a specific value. And, and this person also had to come up with a story, and uh, they said they had traffic fines of uh, 13,000 or something like that. I knew the person who said that, and I know that it's not true. The fact is, you want to, be, you want to outdo someone and monopolize your conversation. Why would you want to be proud of having so many traffic fines? I mean, it's silly. When you, when you think about it now, it's silly. It's ridiculous. And also, that, that's the extent to which narcissism can go. And it could be even if someone repents and they say, having understood the scriptures, I understand that I was a homeowner because of so many sexual relations that I've had. 
and I've had maybe the person says three and my heart breaks, you know, because I know I shouldn't have done that. And this was against the law. And someone will just be proud and they say, well, yeah, me too. When I think about the sexual relations I've had and they want a higher number. I mean, how ridiculous is that that you want to repent and you're sorry for your sins, but you want to compete with and, and outdo the next person by how big your sins were? It's, it, it, it's ludicrous and it's crazy. And yet people do that and people go through that. And people, you know, others, they say, I used to be drunk and I wouldn't come home for so many days or whatever, or not come home at this time. And the next person has to outdo them. And you have to outdo someone in evil. And you, because of your narcissism, you cannot even realize that it's evil. Let's, let's, let's look at one scripture. It says here in, uh, in the book of Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse number 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Mashiach, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, verse 2, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of and of one mind. Verse 3. Let nothing. Let nothing. Zero. Nada. Zilch. Let nothing be done through one. Let nothing be done through strife. Let nothing be done through vain glory. This is the part which is a problem when we talk about the doctrine of self-worship. It says let nothing. But people's vain glory, the need to be admired, the need, the deep and excessive need to be recognized starts to take over. Vain glory we talk about. It says, do everything in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Now, having understood narcissism or the narcissistic personality disorder, we start to see why. Such people will walk contrary to the scriptures because a doctrine of self-worship is vainglory. It's about you. It's about being glorified here on earth. It's about you receiving the glory that doesn't belong to you. It's the glory that belongs to the Most High. You need to subject your life to the Most High. Whatever you do, you control by the Most High. It's not about you. Verse 4 says, Look not every man on his own things, but let every man but every man also on things of others. Remember in the definition as we read it from the Mayo Clinic, it said, again, I'm going to read, Narcissist, narcissistic personality disorder is a mental condition in which people have an inflated sense of self, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a lack of empathy for others. How are you going to love your brother when everything is about you? That is why now the scripture says, Look not every man on his own things. Now, if you don't empathize with your brother, if you cannot empathize with your brother, or you cannot empathize with your sister, and you don't empathize with your sister, how will you look on their things? Because a deep sense of self, a doctrine of self-worship focuses on you. You cannot recognize the next person. That is why some of the symptoms there, or the symptoms of, of this narcissistic personality disorders are, you have the inability or you are not willing to recognize what others are going through. It's about you. You turn everything to focus on you. Even if someone raises something, it's about how you feel. It's about your feelings or your needs because theirs don't matter. Now, when we talk spiritually, how are you going to look on someone else's things if you've got a narcissistic personality disorder? We're looking at things and how they manifest themselves in daily life. 
specifically the doctrine of self-worship and how, as it trickles down, it starts to manifest itself into relationships that you have. Remember, as I said, relationships are not only marital. Think of all forms of relationships that you build with your brothers and with your sisters. This person can be envious. They will have evil thoughts of envy when they think about the next person. But let's continue a little bit. This is this person insists on having the best or being the best of the best. By definition, this is pride. If you insist on being the best, this is pride. It's, it, it's not troubling to understand or to see that such people trust a lot in themselves. They trust a lot in their abilities and hence they will fail to trust in the most high. It is also not difficult to see why such people will, have over, will be overconfident and they will be impulsive. You know, they will be short-sighted because they trust in themselves. They trust in what they're doing. They trust in their power. They trust in their ability. Their ego clouds them or it, it clouds their judgment. Before I conclude on this matter, we will talk about causes in the next episodes as we continue. And I do want to look at this, why narcissism is especially difficult to treat in others who are suffering from it. People who are narcissists are unlikely to seek help because they first have to admit that truly something is not right with them. And that means, by definition, they go against them being the best of the best, being the most knowledgeable, being the most important. It actually deflates their sense of self. It makes them belittle. They're no longer controlling the conversation. Consider people who claim to have received the knowledge of the truth and are not willing to learn. If you talk about 2 Timothy 3.15, if someone is reproved, then they take that as a form of attack. Even if it's the word of the Most High, they feel that the word of the Most High is attacking them. And if they sense that they're being attacked by the word, they start to raise their guards. You become an enemy because their narcissistic personality disorder starts to take over. Having looked at everything regarding narcissism and the faith, I hope that the knowledge has been invaluable, and I hope that it does give us direction in terms of what we need to consider, especially the examples. They are not comprehensive, I know, but they are a light just to get us started and to get us thinking. Hopefully, they will create the conversations that we need to have amongst ourselves and also to help one another and remember that we will continue talking about narcissism and the faith in later episodes. Well, we have come to the end of today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to keep the conversations going among your families and to continue building our Hebrew communities. Please do check me out on my social media platforms. On Instagram, it's Hebrew underscore Asha. On YouTube, Hebrew Asha. You can also visit my website, asha.co.zeri. This has been lovely, really. Before you go, remember to follow, subscribe, or click that favorite button. I'm still here. I'm still present. Let us engage. Hebrew Asha signing out. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.